Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to your weekly dose of newsy infotainment. It's Let's Be Treasonable, coming to you from various places in and around Los Angeles, including Treasonable Studios, with your cognitive dissidents on the panel this week. She is a comedian you've seen on Last Comic Standing. She's a mom and a Huffington Post contributor. She was with us last week. So good, we had to have her back immediately always a pleasure to have her on katie massa kennedy welcome katie yeah it is a pleasure this is what you call double dipping david oh yeah and and, uh, and i gotta tell you it is just another beautiful beautiful <laughs> day in los angeles it feels good to be alive so it, just wanted to let you know it does and a happy belated birthday to you uh thank you and- yes happy 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 <laughs> Skies, skies are a little less orange, uh, still still a little muddy, but a little less orange, and it smells a little less like a campfire when you walk outside in the morning. So, I don't know, small small favors. Uh, oh, speak for your zip code, honey. <laughs> yeah, really. Well, yeah, it's no well, better today. It's oh, worse wow. Today. Well, yeah, let's, uh, speaking of my zip code, uh, coming from... A little ways out of it, but very happy to have her back with us. As always, she is an author, a performance artist, and the Resistrix we all know and love. Ladies and gentlemen, Erica Schickel joins us. Welcome, Erica. Hello. I am not as happy as Katie, but I'm happy to be here. (laughs) (laughs) It's a start. I'm happy to be alive, although it doesn't feel like being alive. It, You know, I was... I'll take what I can get. Yeah, I was just mentioning like the orange <laughs> skies, you know, and I mean everything for the last six months has felt like yeah. some bizarre nightmare. But you know, you you wake up and you open the door. It's like nine in the morning. If you know, if you're a latish sleeper, the sun is heavily obscured. It basically looks like twilight, but with like a, a vast orange glow. Welcome to Los Angeles, folks. It's uh, it's a wonderful yeah. time to be here. Wake up, Maggie. I got <laughs> and coming in who's with that? the Rod Stewart, it is the comedian, scholar, and black voice of reason who graces us with his presence weekly. Always a pleasure to have him with us, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Time and Ship, welcome, sir. Thank you, Dave. Power to the people. Good to be here with you guys on this smoky, cloudy, you know. It reminds me of the days when I was a firebug. I burned many people, but hey, <laughs> you know, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> that was only in the ghetto to keep me from dealing with bullies. That was the way to deal with them, burn them. That was the only way. So I, I'm here. Maybe, maybe here. this is karma coming back, just <laughs> just to remind yeah. you and the rest of us. Uh, me, I'm Dr. David uh, Robinson. I am your Vin Scully for the impending apocalypse, not to mention the current one. And we do have a lot to talk about. But first, a brief message from our sponsors at Community Spread. <laughs> it's morning in America, and people are waking up to the great taste of Community Spread. I kind of want toast. But it can be so boring. Butter, margarine, jams, jellies. I want something new. Here, try this. It's community spread. But you've already taken a bite out of it. What are you, smooth down there? Try it. Whoa, that's sick. 
But what's in it? What's in community spread? We're still waiting for the CDC to let us know. Well, it's deli- Wait, did he just say the CDC? That's right. Community spread. Available at... Actually, I don't know where I got it. No, but seriously, back to that CDC thing. And it's not just for toast. Pancakes, waffles, sandwiches. Why, there's no telling where it'll show up. Community spread isn't recommended for older adults or people with chronic health conditions. Stop using community spread if you've experienced difficulty breathing or shortness of breath, persistent pain or pressure in the chest, bluish lips or face, new confusion, or an inability to arouse. Community spread. From the folks who brought you, I can't believe I'm not better. It's the toast-topping sensation that's sweeping the nation, and there's nothing you can do about it. And new from the makers of Community Spread, it's Unmitigated Spread. If you barely acknowledged Community Spread before, try Unmitigated Spread. Unmitigated Spread. It's time for a second peek. And on that note, you know, we were we were all talking a little bit before the show and uh, just commenting on the the troubles and and experiences of modern life. So I mentioned I had uh, a bit of a, uh, as Katie called it, a bit of a pickle myself this week. I was supposed to return to work next week, working on uh, on one of them, their TV shows that I do from time to time. And because of the new normal, had to go in for a COVID test on Wednesday. Uh-huh. So... Friday, I had gotten a few calls from numbers I don't know, and with you know all the spam, let those go to voicemail, and then got an email that led me to listen to my voicemails. Apparently, I tested positive, found this out on Friday, and you know was concerned. Let uh, you know I haven't been around that many people, so let the few people who are in my bubble know what was going on. And one of my friends works with one of the one of the lots where they where they shoot shows as as a COVID coordinator, and she had said that the the company that handled my test and the method of testing it was a spit test we had to you know spit into a cup uh, has a high percentage of false positives, so I I figure I feel fine. You know, I know what the symptoms are supposed to be, and I know that it's it's entirely possible that I could be asymptomatic. Mm-hmm. So I, I wanted to test myself for for some of the symptoms that are, that are widely known. Tried to watch Tiger King, couldn't get more than five minutes into it, so I know I haven't lost my sense of taste. We're good there. The lungs, you know, as good as you could expect for you know a, an old out of shape smoker. So. I'm figuring, all right, well, you know, we'll we'll take precautions, but still feeling pretty positive, not in the sense that I tested. But then I get another call from the doctors who had processed the tests, and apparently there were a huge number of positives in my group. So now they're suspecting that there was contamination somewhere somewhere along the way. At the testing place? Uh, well, either at the testing place or with that lot, because they were bringing us in in groups. I don't know of how many, but you know, it was, mm-hmm. it was staggered by time. So he said there were there were a bunch, like an inordinate number of positives in my group. So I'm waiting to hear back from production today. In the meantime, scheduled another test for myself with the city for Monday morning because that was the quickest I could get in. 
so who knows but uh i guess the bottom line is that i am you know I'm, i've been grateful for the last six months that we're able to do this show via skype and via the internet yeah sound isn't as good as it is when we're all in the same room uh but you know it's it's doable it's workable and so today more than ever i am really glad that we are able to do this show and i'm able to share this news with you as if you're here but while you are safely yeah. distanced just in case anything is going wrong with me so let's, let's wow david that makes this a very special episode it yeah, really is it could be could be the episode. series finale it's like with deadly deadly <laughs> in the bike shop yeah. Well, it's, you were had your back situation last time, so we weren't even allowed to have it. Uh, well, that was two weeks ago. That was uh, or uh-huh. three weeks ago. No, it was two weeks ago. Yeah, uh-huh. that was kidney stones, totally unassociated. Um, oh, yeah. And yeah, it's you know, summer is really going out with a bang for me. It's it's yeah. been a good time. <laughs> Great. Well, year. you had a nurse. You, you you did have a nurse. Yeah. yeah well uh, you know nurse practitioner and and uh she came uh she came equipped with a miniature poodle so it was really the best care i can get uh with with the plan that i currently have which is mostly don't get sick but uh, enough about me let's you know <laughs> it's it's you know that's as the old Mel Brooks quote, you know, tragedy is is when I get a paper cut. Comedy is when you fall into a manhole and die. So let's let's move away from the tragedy of what's affecting me and take a look at what's happening around the country. Timpany. It is 52 days until the election, and as of today, we have. 192,853 Americans dead from the coronavirus and 6,465,400 confirmed cases. I am not confirmed, but we are working to find out what's going on there. So those are your weekly coronavirus totals. 52 days until the election, 54 with the Jokers. In Michigan, they say it's a hoax. I, All the Trump supporters yeah. say it's a hoax. They said it yesterday. You know, I, I think we can look at uh, the shape of Michigan and just reply to that with a firm talk to the hand. And the Upper Peninsula. We don't want to leave those people out. But, I, you know... This is, this is a fun reality show. It's... You know, you know what it is. It's it's like every horror movie where you're sitting on the couch watching people make incredibly stupid decisions that yeah. everyone else in their group is is going to suffer the consequences of. Except, you know, um, it may be largely televised, but we are all the the individuals. So, yeah. yeah. That's that's what's going on. <laughs> Bless you. It's a hard place to come from, isn't it? I mean, it's I'm just trying to throw a rope around all of our topics for today and the news that you just shared with us. And, you know, I know we're supposed to be pithy and funny and off the cuff here. And I'm I'm struggling. I mean, there's just it's overwhelming. I'm overwhelmed. It, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm definitely Physically, pissed. Mentally. The whole way. Yeah, go on. I'm sorry. 
I mean, when you when you I mean, when you listen to what we have seen, you know, and I don't know where you were going to start, Dave, with the uh, you know Bob Woodard thing, but yeah, that that just blew me away. And then when they question the people, they don't give a shit. And then they, I mean, that's what, I mean, they got, the football players got booed for standing arm in arm and coming together. I mean, yeah. so you got people that don't believe of what's going on. You, you, you politicize the whole medical team, the CDC, the FDA. It's all this disinformation. And then if you say, hey, let's come together. You know, they said, well, you know, it's like it was like a, uh, a stadium full of racists sitting in the stadium booing guys in unity. They were just yeah. locked arm in arm. That's all. And they I saw them. that yesterday and I, I just I thought I was missing something like had something happened before this was being filmed that I don't understand because it's just two teams well, the- being civil and to each other. And the crowd is booing. Uh, well, and, they're and then booing. I, what are they booing? They were they booing, booing because, okay, remember Colin Kaepernick did yeah, the, yeah, you yeah. know, he, he took the knee. So they said, okay, what we're going to do, we're going to do this before we play uh, the national anthem. We'll do anything to where we don't disrespect the flag. We can do this beforehand. So that's what they were doing. So they sang, the, the, the Negro National Anthem, uh, and this was even before the Negro National Anthem. They just stood there, and they did a, this was for silence. They said, we're going to do this in silence and for unity of us coming together. And they flat out, the whole, uh, the whole crowd booed them. But then again, I said to myself, I grew up, Dave, you grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in the Midwest. That's Kansas City, Missouri. Missouri was a <laughs> slave state. Those people, their thought process really hasn't changed much. I'm sorry. They have. They still think in the, you know, their distance. And then, like, just like the, the, the couple who had the guns in St. Louis, Missouri, when they thought that the Black Lives Matter group was going to attack them. Yeah. So they come out with an AR-15. and right, They all think that way. That's, that's not new. They've been like that for years. I even worked with a guy who grew up in that, that part of the country. And he yeah. came from a town that, that that's how they thought. So, yeah, but I mean, that's like, where from, we are. We got all this going on. From my experience living in Missouri, and I, you know, I haven't lived there in years, and it's from reading the news and seeing what's happening with the state legislature there, it's definitely gotten worse and crazier than, you know, when I lived there, John Ashcroft was the governor, and, you know, <laughs> he was one of those guys such a staunch baptist there was no dancing at his inauguration never mind the fact that no drinks were being served uh, i had a buddy who worked for the state went to the inauguration it was like yeah it was just weird man but now you look at some of the people in the state legislature and they are like just this side of just going full on nazi regalia you know it's yeah. It's full QAnon. Yeah. But the thing was like Kansas city was always marginally better than St. Louis, you know, and Mm -hmm. not, not to slam St. Louis as much as I love to do it as Jim Coughlin could tell you, uh, you know, you look at what St. Louis and Kansas city opposite ends of the state 
I-70 right on the border with the neighboring states, Kansas to the west, Illinois to the east, and Kansas City, known for their barbecue. They have Gates, Bryant's, as well as a bunch of uh, independent places. Kansas City, great barbecue town. St. Louis, they're very proud of inventing the toasted ravioli, which is a deep-fried ravioli. <laughs> well, actually, they were, they're actually known for their blues, and well, that's also where that I too. can Turner and all of them. But they were very, I mean, it's still very segregated there. Oh, that's totally. That's one thing about it. To say, Missouri has been, I mean, and, and you know, Dave, just go over the river. It's, Illinois was just as segregated. I mean, mm-hmm. and it's still very segregated right now. So I wasn't blown away by what I saw because, I mean, I have family that still lives out there in that, that area. And I have friends that live there. They know. Uh, but so I wasn't, uh, some people were shocked. I wasn't. And, and they said, well, how did it get this way? What, the guy who's sitting up in the high tower is the one that initiated all this shit. He's the one that's keeping this going, and they're buying it. I was like, damn, no wonder Jim Jones was able to get away with what he was able to get away with. These people are really ignorant yeah, and arrogant. You know, something just kind of funny, weird, interesting, I don't know what it is, but I was I was listening to the news this morning, you know, when I woke up, getting my coffee together, pre-shower and everything, and they were talking on NPR, they were talking about the wildfires in the West, and they were they were speaking with a reporter from Oregon. You know, we talk about how bad it is here. Oregon and Northern California, it's like apocalyptic. It's devastating. It's, I have a know. daughter in Eugene right now who is just cannot breathe. I mean, it, the 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 air AQI is in like four hundred. Jeez, it's like beyond hazardous. Yeah, and they need the N95 mask up there too. They yeah. need definitely. Yeah, they need those masks for up there. Well, so the so the reporter was talking uh, about the conditions up there, and one thing she said just really stuck out for me. And Simon, you had mentioned the Bob Woodward book, and leading into that, what she said was that you know, of course, the fires are are destructive. And fire, fire bad, if we can just reduce it to to the basic understanding. But what she said is it's not so much the fire, but the wind that blows the fire. And we're talking about all these ignorant people in Michigan. We're we're talking about people who are in denial regarding the whole situation with the spread of the virus. And the news comes out this week that in his interviews with the president for his new book, Bob Woodward released the tapes. So it's not even, you know, a chance of, oh, I was misquoted. Oh, they didn't understand what I was trying to say, which is the usual mantra of Trump and his defenders. But he comes right out and says that he he downplayed the dangers of the virus and i think even that is is undercutting what he's done downplaying would would just you know be uh, you know it's it's not as bad as you're hearing you know just be yeah. careful he went out of his way to mock people who tried to reveal the truth about how dangerous this is and and people who announced 
tactics that can be used to mitigate the spread of the virus, openly mocking people who wear masks, uh, saying it's a hoax. And so going to the metaphor there, the coronavirus is the fire. Very dangerous. You don't want to fuck around with it. But what makes it even more dangerous is the wind that blows it. And the hot air, you mean? The yeah. It's, <laughs> and, I mean, it's well, yeah. such, it's I mean, caught, almost a better metaphor he, for what's going on than last weekend when uh, Trump fans in outside of Austin, Texas had a boat rally and a number of their boats sank. It's like we are, we are now in the incredibly apt metaphor portion of the show. You know, it's crazy that they even stated he called Bob Woodard 18 times. And what the hell did you think he was going to say? You don't call, you don't, you don't call the man who took down Nixon. <laughs> you don't call this guy. He's but so Trump, sure that he is charming enough that he can manage Bob Woodward. I mean, it's ridiculous. You know, everybody's laughing. They're like, dude, you, you, you picked up the phone to yeah. the point. His own people didn't know what he was doing. This, he did what? And even Kellyanne, with all the lying that did, the one true thing she ever said, whatever you do, don't talk to that man. Stay away from Bob Woodard. She told him, stay the fuck away. You think he listened? They had no idea. Time and for all the, the just how depressing the world is right now, I got to tell you that it brings a smile to my face when I think of that crazy old coot just picking up the phone to dial Bob Woodward and just yammering on for oh, hours. Oh, like, that actually does make me laugh to just think right. of him doing yeah. that. Yeah. And, he, and he's, and you know, it's getting to the, you know, it, it's in the air, Bob. It's in the air, Bob. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me be truthful. Yeah, I want you to be truthful. <laughs> Tell the truth. I want you to be truthful, <laughs> right? He said, true. Yeah, I want you to be honest. Yes. And he did it. Yeah. And they said, Still don't believe it. Oh my God! It's just like that shit is what you're. They're sitting right there. He told you, and you still don't believe it. Yeah, I mean, we have, are, as a country, we're so divided and so divorced from reality at some level, and he is the greatest sort of figurehead for for sort of this mass insanity that has taken over and really it's narcissism it's national narcissism and it's our own narcissism that has elected this man president um and it is so toxic and it has nothing to do with objective reality and a person to follow that i find really good on this subject on twitter is that um psychologist nick carmody have you guys followed him at all? No, no. not familiar. He's fascinating, and he has devoted Nick Carmody Jr., and he really has dedicated many threads to sort of taking apart national narcissism, how it relates to evangelicism, and how it's all part of this sort of same mental illness. Uh, American exceptionalism is part of the mix. And I know that I've talked about that on this show before. And I mean, it really is like its own, it has its own climate at this point. You know, it is just removed from every objective reality and it's taking over. I mean, we're just, our, our country, uh, our citizenry is 
unable now to sort of deal with objective reality, you know? Yeah, that's, that's interesting stuff. It is interesting. I, I, I um... I, I almost feel like we're all, the entire country, all of us, liberals, conservatives, it doesn't matter, we're all in the fucking bus, mm-hmm. and we're all rubbernecking. Yeah. Right. yeah. Like we're all like a bunch of rubberneckers, and I well, also no. want to add that, that the reality TV culture <laughs> that began, like, I know oh, this has all been brewing, but yeah. like, what, 20 years ago, reality TV became the thing. Mm-hmm. And boy, oh right. boy, that kind of feeds and built this whole thing in a way because right. reality TV is completely divorced from reality. It's anything but, but and it's presented it, to us always yeah. every week you tune in and it's presented to you as truth. And what is the secret sauce of reality television? Conflict. You know? Conflict. It's conflict, exactly. It's conflict. Oh, shit. You guys, so, I'm loving this. Seriously, I'm kind of are, what you're saying right now. Yeah. That's, we yeah. have just sort of like, we've ingested it, you know, as sort of nationally. And now our default mechanism is towards conflict. You know, nobody right. is interested yeah. in hearing anybody else's thoughts. Or that's not true. Let me tell you why. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Ah, David. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what it is that we're dealing with. So, you know, the remedy for this is for people to slow down, listen to each other, stop reacting from the gut all the time exercising a little more generosity towards each other, a little more patience. And because that, because just like Trump, like doing that, understanding, having empathy for another point of view threatens his primacy, right? That's the problem with narcissism. If anybody else has a reality or a feeling or an experience outside of the one that you have invested in, in yourself, then that becomes a direct threat rather than, oh, well, that guy just has a different opinion, you know, and he's entitled to his and I'm entitled to mine. It's like that guy has to be fucking killed or put in jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? Well, you know, you look at Bob, when Bob Woodard asked him about the white privilege, I don't know if you remember that, and Trump told him you really drank the Kool-Aid, didn't you? Oh, yes. And Trump told him, no, I don't feel shit. And he doesn't. He's telling you the truth. He never has. He's a guy who's never had to struggle for shit. And yes, his father was a racist. Yes, we did it. Yes, we we contributed to systemic racism. Yes, I made sure that people didn't have shit. Yes, I did it. Yeah. And fuck you guys. I fuck don't yeah. care. But here's I, don't care I have a right think. to not wear a mask. My right to not wear a mask is bigger than your right to stay alive. Because right. it's all, and, the, and the, the whole NRA and the Second Amendment, all of that stuff, it all, I mean, and this guy, Carmody, really does a nice job of boiling it right back down, and it's all the same illness. Mm. And, and you know when they tell you, you know it's great when, when the white guy says, well, all he had to do was do what they told him, and he wouldn't have gotten <laughs> yeah. shot. Right. So, yeah, so you know, the absolutely guy, the same experience. The, yeah. yeah. Just stop doing it. All he had to do. All he had to do. Really? Is that why you took uh, Dylan Ruth to the damn Burger King? Yeah. Because he was hungry after he shot nine people? Yeah. All he had yeah. to do. That's all these. Just, you know. Uh, and yeah. they prayed for him. He prayed with them before he shot them. Yeah. 
And then they took him out to eat. Not not a sociopath at all. Just a just a nice misguided white boy. Well, and we're we're talking about the psychology behind this. I've I've talked about this on the show before and kept saying I'm gonna I need to look this up. I always forget, and so I finally you know we talked about uh, numerous times on the show. We've talked about the sort of mindset that makes these people dig in and you know the the thing that if you're a member of a cult or if you've been scammed the the defense mechanism you set up to deny the the wrongness of it finally uh i spoke to uh, an old friend of mine who's a psych professor and you know tried to describe what he said i, I think that sounds like cognitive dissonance i'm like no it's not it's not the cognitive dissonance it's it's the anger of being challenged on the beliefs that you form because of cognitive dissonance. Mm-hmm. And what he told me is like, uh, it's, it's something called effort justification. And that's where you adjust the value of an outcome to match the cost of the outcome. So I think that's, mm-hmm. that's what we're, we're seeing with all these people. It's, it's the effort justification. They've, they, they've well, gone too far. In, in terms yeah. of investing into what Trump and the Republicans have been selling. And even though there has been ample evidence over the last four and a half years since Trump started officially campaigning for the job, now this week, you know, with uh, last week we had the story in The Atlantic talking about what Trump thinks about the troops. This week, you know, we get the, the Bob Woodward book and the michael cohen book well the the woodward book doesn't come out until next week but this week was the press tour and the you know release of of passages and and portions of the book and tapes as we said lordy there are tapes thank you mr comey so now that we're seeing all of this and it it seems like it it is impossible in the face of the evidence that exists. And like I said earlier, when we were starting to talk about the Woodward book, this isn't just quotes on a page. These are tapes unaltered of the president saying the shit that we've been saying the whole fucking time. Well, thanks to the effort justification, these people are just going to, you know, well, you know, yeah, I can, uh, yeah, and everything's fine. And there is no systemic racism and Trump is the greatest thing since sliced bread. And you guys are just a bunch of libtards with Trump derangement disorder. And uh, la, 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 I'm not listening to you. Yeah. Well, David, it's, well, well, I'm completely intrigued by what everyone is saying today. And I don't know if that's because you people are geniuses or I'm very caffeinated, but <laughs> either way. Um, 50, 50. But what you said about what you said about investment, I thought was I thought that was a really interesting choice of words because that is exactly because it doesn't even have to we don't even have to look at it, be looking at it in some sort of nebulous kind of emotional way. Literally investment. Like if you're sitting at a at a casino table and you put in 80 bucks of your 100 at that point, you're in. Mm-hmm. So we're we're right. literally talking about. So that's why I really liked your use of the word investment, because at this point well, the, the the chips are in there. Like, what are you going to yeah. do? Yeah, and well, you, you know, know, I look at it. I, I look at it from a, a way of, um, you know, when they talk about 
rioting and looting and Trump says all the different things. Do you know the majority of the riots or the or the massacres that were done by that, that were done with black people came from white people who were afraid? All of that fear, which mm-hmm. is what Trump is selling, mm-hmm. has started more riots and had more people lynched because of lies and disinformation when you tell people that look we don't want to be around you. Okay, I'll go build my own. No problem. I go build it, you come and burn it down. <laughs> but yet you keep telling me I have to pull myself up by my bootstraps. You yeah. also use things as intimate domain. By taking my land that I had, that I worked for, that I paid for, and then you bring in the Ku Klux Klan and you burn it, you take, then you push me off my land. You took 8 million acres of land away from me, and yet you, you don't, but... You tell me, don't take a knee. You tell me, I can't say Black Lives Matter. I have a president that is telling you that looters, anarchists, and all this shit is coming to take you. But yet, we know that Hitler, Mao, and everybody else that's been, been, like, they always stopped. They always had the, the peasants to do their dirty work. It's not the highly educated. It is the uneducated. Who's following Trump? The uneducated. Who's he getting to do and do all his dirty work? Who's not wearing a mask? Those who are following and buying into this shit, and they, they're buying a lion sinker. And mm-hmm. I, they've been selling this stuff for years. This is nothing new. I mean, if you, well, it, it's almost like the whole Christian movement when they started, you know, Christdom. I mean, it's it, it, it's been around in history for so long, and it's, they're still using the same thing. Yeah. What do we do? Well, what do we do? You know, I think the the important thing is we we need to, as individuals, you know, we need to lead by example. And, you know, I I will admit, you know, we all live in and around L.A. So we're, you know, we are fairly in a bubble. There are certainly conservatives around us, but overall, L.A., you know, fairly liberal town. So we're not necessarily you know dealing with these idiots every day every minute of the day but they they say you know you need to speak the language of the people who you're trying to communicate with and you know since i don't speak idiot i generally just try not to deal with those people yeah i think it's beyond education and stupidity though i mean what we're dealing with well it's i mean granted there are plenty of poorly educated Americans who are clinging to their Bibles and their guns. But there's also plenty of very educated Americans who are doing the same thing. Right. And but again, it's... this comes back to this idea of, of narcissism. What is Christianity except for institutionalized narcissism? The, the basis of Christianity is that I have a special relationship with the divine. He has chosen me, not you, you disbeliever, for this special relationship. It makes people who feel powerless and ignored and invisible and forgotten to have a measure of power in their lives. It, it, it doesn't have to do, I don't think it has anything to do with education. I well, really don't. So uh, sort of what I was getting at earlier, and I, I, I agree with you, Erica. I, I think it's not so much a stupidity thing and a lack of education, but I think it's it's a willful ignorance. 
And that goes, that goes from threatening. Right. And the, you know, the, the quote unquote facts, as you know them, as they are presented to you by the power structure, those, those are meant to keep you feeling safe that, you know, like Trump said, there's, you know, what was I going to go out there and cause a panic? And I think every pundit and late night show host has provided plenty of examples of how yeah. it is absolutely ridiculous for Trump to say, I didn't want to cause a panic because that's pretty much that's all, all he does. does. Yeah. But the the assertion that it's binary, I can either tell everybody the truth or I can lie my ass off in order to keep people calm. And uh, one of the reporters at Trump's little mini White House rally this week, that was when, Carl. When, when, you know, when he said, well, you know, why, why did you lie? Well, you know, I, I, I didn't lie. I just did this. And he says, well, you know, Angela Merkel very calmly told her people what the deal is. And, you know, that that is like a middle. Well, I don't, you know, I don't know what Germany does. I don't know what's going on in Germany. Well, there are more than either freak out or lie. There are more options. There's a big ass gray area in the middle. Yeah. But, but gray area is not serving the agenda of people. We are. And, and the problem is that we've been living in a binary culture for, I mean, Western culture is set up around binaries, you know, good, evil, rich, us versus them. Tastes great. Tastes great. Let's fill it. Yeah. Liberal, Democrat, (laughs) Republican, whatever it is. And again, it has the same function of the othering of people endows specialness and righteousness on those who are othering people. Yeah. Yeah. Education. uh, You know, we've also been trained to be, we've been trained to be soldiers or we're trained to be an employee, you know, just follow orders. America, sinners and saints. Yes. Do not question what we have here. Yeah. You know, and, uh, Fries and onion rings. And also, I mean, it makes you, it, it's amazing how a lot of this stuff has continued to perpetuate. You have folks, we, we were talking about, you know, intellectuals. It was the intellectuals who said that certain people were inferior to them. Mm-hmm. People were trying to become assimilationists. They were trying yeah. to stay segregationists. They were trying to... Stay a certain way. You're not on my level. You you need to, but and they yeah. also were just as ignorant in thinking that way that they were better, or that you know you started this stuff. And we have a lot of people who feel well that doesn't affect me. That's not on me. You know you don't have to. You can. It's on you. you, you we just have to wear this thing inside there, but then we don't have to wear it if we don't want to wear it. And they have no thought process for anyone else. Right. And, and, I, and I say, we don't want socialism. Right. Well, damn it. That's not socialism or capitalism. What happened? To- See, yeah, I think in the, the, as, the, as the world becomes sort of more fused together, you know, and there are more gray areas, it really flies in the face of binary thinking, you know. Well, what do we do with the fact that it's not just 
male and female, that there are gradations of sexuality and gender in between those two pole points that are very real, you know, and and they are the lived experiences of many Americans and other people. You know, what do we do with people who are coming over the board? Well, we're going to we're going to otherize them, even though they're not, you know, terrorists. They are people who are seeking refuge, just like it always was. And I think that as as America becomes more multicultural, more multiracial, more multigendered, you know, I mean, obviously the shift is moving in that direction. And Trump and the Republican Party are standing and presenting themselves as the last great bulwark against that, the inevitable drowning of the country. But, you know, Erica, these are... But these are not, they call themselves Republicans, but these are not Ronald Reagan Republicans. No, they are these not. are not, where's the Tea Party at? These aren't even Tea Party Republicans. I don't know what kind of Republicans these are. These are They're just, death cult. Yes. What are they, Dave? I, 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 saw it, I saw it on Dave's clip. He was about to tell me what type of Republicans they are. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, what I think is, you know, it's, they are the, the revealed Republicans, where for years preceding Reagan, starting back with the Southern strategy, mm-hmm. they are they are the the worst aspects of the Republican Party boiled down and revealed as what they truly are. You know, it's there's there's the cliche about and it didn't start with Trump, but about saying the quiet part out loud. Uh-huh. What we're seeing is it's like the skeleton. It's it's all the worst. It's all the the quiet parts that were supposed to be yeah. hidden by the loud part. Oh well, we're not racist. We're we're just you know we're into expanding the you know the the suburbs and the American dream. It's not you know well, ignore everything you hear about redlining. And I think that's a big part of it. We we frequently hear. People talk about weaponizing intelligence, and one of the one yeah. of the stories that broke this week that I think is it, it's just such a prime example of everything that's been going on and the cause is reading about this this DHS whistleblower Brian Murphy, right. and some of the things you know he says that he was ordered to downplay the threat presented by russians interfering in the election he was he was told to because downplay the Trump threat of happen. white white supremacists but also he was told to downplay the unrest in south american countries and yeah like you were just saying erica it all goes to promoting the party line and rather than weaponizing intelligence they're hiding the intelligence from the people that could benefit from it and they're weaponizing the ignorance if states and and cities don't know and especially border towns and and folks like uh the you know ice and immigration uh, officials if they aren't told of the unrest in countries in south america well then all these people who come here quote unquote seeking refuge what are they seeking refuge from everything is fine looking at my reports yep you know there's there's no gangs roaming the streets the government isn't corrupt and working with the gangs to keep the populace at bay everything's fine down there so yeah no we're denying you refuge we are denying your claims for for asylum 
white supremacists? Nah, that's not a problem. Look at look at there's there's people who are dangerous on the left also. Uh, yeah, so same same. No no problem. We don't I'm, need to deal with white supremacists. Same thing. Yeah. You know, it's it's Russian. Oh well, you know, China and and Iraq are also trying to do it. Yeah, but you know, the Russians. We we now have intelligence that. Well, we've had it for years that say they actually held back in their interference tactics in 2016 to save a little something extra. So we don't necessarily know exactly what Russia is doing, but we know what they did in 2016 and we know that they're doing more. Yeah. Well, they just got Rudy Giuliani on some shit, too. They they found out the guy he's been dealing with is, is an agent for Russia. Yeah, now he's doing the backtrack. Yeah, not just him, but also Ron Johnson, the senator from Wisconsin, who's you know been leading up this investigation into the the quote unquote misdeeds of Joe Biden, and then you've got Barr's investigation, where one of the main investigators just quit because of the political pressure to release some sort of October surprise when any legitimate investigation would be carried through until the end it's a political tool it proves the politicization of the department of justice we're seeing the politicization of the department of health the cdc Mm -hmm. it's all being used against americans by who by donald trump and the republicans in the senate yep yeah all um, this so he can be, you know, elected again. And, and turn us into more of a shithole country than we are now. Yeah. And why, why why, would you vote for a guy who doesn't speak for you economically, really? I mean, why do they keep carrying the pail for all these people that, that they're not going to help them? These guys are really stupid. I don't, I don't understand it. I'm, I'm completely, I need to go back to, I'm so intrigued by this idea of the fear obviously we know that it's rooted in fear anger um the reason why someone might be angry is because of fear it all goes back to fear right, sure. but the idea of the fear being about binary moving away from a binary culture because mm-hmm. once you set up a very strong well human beings i believe trend toward binary thinking mm-hmm. right so so once you kind of get in get your hooks into that you can drag them in even more into binary thinking and yeah. once you have a human being completely thinking in that in binary terms yeah. you have power you have power over them and where that does this is power come from you know i mean look at it you know the world is a strange and surprising and terrifying right. place and a religion exactly. was created to put a container around the human experience which is full of unexpected terrors right right especially so it's the saved and it's the yeah right so so it allows people to you know structure something that actually resists structure or predictability you know the human experience is not conforming in any way but religion does that and again just like you're saying katie fear it's fear of that it's fear of the gray area where you don't know really what's going to happen next what if you die what happens when we die why did some tragedy happen here why am i so blessed there all of this gets filtered through organized religion 
and mm-hmm. allows people to digest their own human experience in a way that doesn't freak them out. But, of course, obviously, people take it to the extreme. And, you know, orthodoxy, I have always held, is just the enemy of humanity. I mean, orthodoxy in any form, religious, was, political, whatever. Wasn't the free it, press? It was, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing how when you say religion, it was, you know, they, they added it in with slavery. <laughs> I mean, that, I beat you in the name of God. or You're, yeah. you're a slave that... You know, you, you, Puritans used it, you know, but they, yet, they were all talking it for so long. It's the role of religion in the black community. I mean, it is so powerful in the black community. And I think that religion, black Christianity, not that I have any direct experience of it, but just as an outside observer, my observation is that it allows for more messiness than white Christianity does. You know, that I, when I see, you know, a black church worshiping, I see like humanity coming together in a sort of raucous, joyful, sort of soul bearing way. And I don't want to elevate like black Christianity over white Christianity because I think it's all just the shit. But I do feel like it's interesting how black slaves took the Christianity that was being shoved down their throats by the white exactly. press and then transmuted it into a form of like comfort and community and joy right. in a way the white pressure was never able to do in the first place. Never is, needed to do. Never needed to do. Didn't exactly. Right. exactly. Embraced all of it and, and turned around and were we, uh, well, because we became a simulationist. We became, we had to simulate, to be like the white man in order for them to embrace us, even though they still felt that we were inferior, even when Thomas Jefferson, no matter what we did, kept saying, well, they're, they're, they're always going to be inferior. Uh, Abraham Lincoln always felt we were inferior. Didn't matter what you built. Didn't matter how much education you had. I am not going to say that you're on the same level as me. Even if you take on my religion as a Christian, I can add all the music and do all the hooping and the hollering. I was whether it's Pentecostal, Catholicism, we've we've embraced all of it. Right. And I'm yeah. still not going to accept you and I'm going to lynch your ass in the name of God. <laughs> because and, and, and all of that otherness is a threat right. to the not to the narcissist, you know. Well, and just, also look at the women. When you look at how women they they didn't want women to vote. Mm-hmm. Hell, they felt you know, that, oh, well, you know, we look at them. We gave them shoes. They were barefooted before we got, now they got a whole closet full of shoes. How are they getting away with this? Look what they're doing. There ain't no asshole. We contribute every day. It used to be that a man didn't have to go to, uh, only a man had to work. But now the woman is in because they wanted what? That extra vote. Then women started going to college. But women were helping out always. I don't care what war you went through. I don't care what was going on, especially when it was a pandemic. Women were always there. You can't get away from it. But yet you yeah. didn't want to accept them. You didn't even want them to vote. Well, yeah. but it comes down to the denial and the messaging that's coming from the top. You know, there's... Othering, and, yeah. It's the othering. It's the, if the, you're the not a problem, white man. What it comes down to, uh, it's uh, you know, like the first step uh, in every 12-step program. Uh, Admitting yeah. that you have a problem 
is the first step. And so when you see Donald Trump, when you see Attorney General Barr denying the existence of systemic racism in America, let alone in the police departments, if they can't admit there's a problem, they are obviously not going to do anything to fix it. And to go beyond denying the existence of the problem to like we were saying with Trump and the coronavirus advocating the falsehood that there is no problem. And anyone who tells you differently is trying to stir up shit. Then it just ingrains it deeper in their side of things. Ah, There's no problem. You know, it's what enables white people to, well, like you were saying, time, if he just did what they told him to do, it's like no, it's a different experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I go back to a, a book I was reading. It was it was okay for the Puritans or any white dude to sleep with enslaved people. They mm-hmm. could screw them. Now, if a white woman at this particular time decided she wanted to go get her a male slave, right? Mm-hmm. She was a disgrace to the nation. She yeah. was not allowed. But they could do. They wrote the law. So what they were doing, it wasn't a, a, a it, it was a racial ideas. It was yeah. always to keep changing the idea when something, oh, well, we got to change that. We can't have that that way. We got to change that. And they kept changing things. The same with once a woman was allowed to vote, what did they do? They got together and start changing shit again. Once, you, once they stopped, uh, they stopped with child labor. They changed child labor laws. We said, t- well, we got to change. They start changing things every time because the white man felt threatened and you're going to take away something from me. And I, and I, if you think about over the years, anything that we, uh, that the different, whether it was the Civil Rights Act, whether it was women voting, anything that was used to help further people along, somebody would come along and try to counter that because they didn't like what was uh, being, you know, being set up because they said, oh, okay, look what's coming, guys. We got to change this. But it's, I I mean, one of the things, you know, I was was talking earlier about how, you know, the people kind of get snowed into following the party line. It's, it's the weaponizing of the ignorance and the sort of the idea that you know, it's it's the old Spider-Man with great power comes great responsibility. Well, mm-hmm. if if people like let's use suffrage as an example, if women are going to have the right to vote and now they have all this power that they didn't have before. Well, if I want to protect the power structure as it existed with this new reality of women being able to vote. Well, we better get the women on board with our side of things and make them think that, you know, all these all these suffragettes, they're they're just trying to cause trouble. Weren't things just so much easier when you didn't have to worry about these things, when you could just yeah. kick back at home? And it's one of the things that I found so frustrating regarding the question of why people stay with the Republican Party in in the face of in the past, you know, decade alone of the, the uh, gerrymandering of the voter suppression, all this stuff, it comes down to the basic question that 
republic i have not seen a republican come up with a good answer for except for just sheer denial but if you have to cheat to win is your cause really as just as you think it is you know yeah. in in a democracy where everyone is supposed to have a say all the citizens anyway uh but everyone is supposed to have a say and democracy is supposed to function for the greater good. If you have mm-hmm. to cheat in order to win, just by definition, doesn't that mean that you and your party are working against the greater good? Yeah. Or is well, that well, just socialism? All or the greater level. They were already talking about a level playing field. You just said about the greater good. And, you know, or what are they doing? For, they've been cheating for the long. I mean... We put the laws out, but remember, a law has to be enforced. Yeah. We, we have all these amendments. They had the 13th, 14th Amendment. Was it being enforced? You still got to enforce the laws, and a lot of times guys got away with stuff that did not get enforced. Well, yeah. and that's, also, that's one of know, the big problems and one of the Republicans' justifications for sticking with this corrupt, horrible party is it comes down to the judges. And you look at the yeah. number of judges that Trump and Mitch McConnell have put on the bench in the last three and a half years and what that is going to do to the justice system in America. And that's that's one of the other things that frustrates me. When we talk to the, the Bernie bros and the other like ultra-left yeah. folks who just want to talk about how Hillary Clinton is a corporatist and Joe Biden is exactly the same as Donald Trump, yeah, yeah, yeah. Five words that came out as a possibility in the news this week. Five words that should just scare the fuck out of any of them and explain exactly why they need to vote for Joe Biden and why they need to vote for Democrats who will actually get these Republicans and other corrupt people out of office. Five scariest potential words that I heard this week. Supreme Court Justice Ted Cruz. Yeah. No. Yeah. Hey. No. Hey, Ted. Ted Cruz for SCOTUS over my dead baby. <laughs> <laughs> Make it's the T-shirts ne- and the bumper no, stickers that's happen, that's Katie. What it's about. That was a really good zinger. First of all, yeah. Katie. Um, but also, there is still some joy in the world, Erica. <laughs> and thank you for bringing it here to us this morning. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that list was a load of horseshit. It was not meant as anything other than to get our side riled. It was not yep. a realistic list. He, That's would, right. you know, it's not. It, it's a distraction. To, we shouldn't even give it the airtime because it's a distraction. Everything he's doing is trying to distract from the coronavirus. See, I so that he can get reelected. I, I agree that it's it's an attempt to distract from the coronavirus. But I also think that it's a prime example. You know, I, I will disagree with you that it's it's a bullshit distraction. I think I see it as more as an example of one of the things Trump does where he throws, you know, just offhandedly in a speech or, you know, when he's yammering to the press, he will throw out the worst possible outcome as ah, let's see if let's see how they respond let's see if uh if we can float this and so i think i agree with you that it is being used as a distraction from the coronavirus and to keep Mm -hmm. us off our footing 
but I think we need to to use the the judo, you know, the and use that. They're trying to use it to distract us from that. We can do both. We can keep pointing to what they're doing that's fucking up the you know ending this pandemic. And also mm-hmm. weaponize, they, they want to throw that bullshit list at us. We should be using that as an example to the Bernie bros and to the people who I'm not voting for Joe Biden because he's exactly the same. No, this is a possibility. You think Ted Cruz belongs on the Supreme Court because the guy who's going to become president does if you don't vote. And this is going back to the conversation that we've been having through most of the show about the binary nature of this country that, you know, like I told people in 2016, like I'm telling them now, gender might not be binary, but our electoral system is. And so there may be third party candidates on on the ballot, whether it's Kanye West or you know someone, no longer candidate. Yay! One good thing. <laughs> One know, good thing. But it could be Jill Stein. It, it, who knows? They do not stand a chance in the way that our system is set up. One of two people is going to be president come January twenty first next year, and those two people yes, are Joe Biden and Donald Trump. So. But- they, I, they are not serious candidates. It's true. Both the people you mentioned, Jill Stein and Kanye West, were there for one reason alone, and that was to draw votes away from the Democratic candidate. So, I mean, it's so, it's so, not hypocritical. I mean, it's just, it's just sad, you know, that we cling, we consider those actual third party candidates, which they never truly were. It's just the Republicans is using that convention to tilt the election further. Right. Who's uh, when what's was the his last name? Time we had a real third party candidate. Nader. You know? Oh, Perot, I guess. Ross Perot. Perot. Ross Perot. That that's the one. I, that's the only one I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, I would agree, but David, the problem. Speaking of just what going. Well, I was just going to say the problem is like I what Erica just said. 100% true. The problem is convincing the people who are most likely to vote for these third party candidates yeah. what what their actual purpose is or what their effect on the system is. It's, you know, and I get it. You might not be a big fan of either of the candidates from the major party. But that is who we have to deal with. So if, yeah. you know, you may not like everything or anything about Joe Biden. But when you look at who is likely to get on the bench under Biden and what that is going to do to affect the future of this country. I mean, there's, there's a comedian. I'm not going to, you know, call him out. He's got daughters and Joe Biden is exactly the same as Donald Trump. It's like, no. And if you think that Ted Cruz is going to be as fine of a Supreme Court justice as Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And that just tells me you really don't care about your daughters. Also, the same thing, the thing you say to somebody who says to you, there's no difference between these two candidates is just say, you know what? That's a Russian talking point. I mean, it really is that, that that's bots. I mean, you know, 
and it's worked before. In the last election, it worked, and they're hoping that'll work again. You know, it just it, it doesn't hold any water, you know, that these are the same candidates. I in am this election, I mean, I, I could see it in previous elections, you know, like, yeah, they're all like neoliberal fucking conservative business assholes. Okay, true. But this election, this election really is different, you know. I'm actually hopeful that this, that, that won't be as much of a factor, literally, because Joe Biden is not a woman. Yes. I'm serious. I'm no, serious. Break my heart all over again, but you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not let this week go by without, without bringing up the fact that something huge happened and it got no press because this week was a shit show of news. Uh, ex- excuse me, the, the, the head of the, the uh, energy department, mm-hmm. Rick Perry, all of that, all of those contracts to his buddies. Mm-hmm. That's why oh, I missed that story. I don't Are know what's you going kidding on. me? I've totally I mean, missed it. Yeah, you missed it. Everybody missed it. David, tell me a little bit more. Give him, a, give him, give him a little that because that is like the hugest story. Except it's not a story. Yeah. What he literally story? gave all of these contracts to his, his buddies, yeah. the energy contracts. Yeah. Well, and well, yeah. it's it's just sadly you're right. It's it's a non-story because of everything else that's going on. But one of the well, one of the, the revelations of the whole cabinet, everybody is a buddy. The, yeah. the whole Republican yeah. structure is made up is cronyism. And it's a bunch of self-serving idiots. Fired and the and he said he was going to clear out the, the swamp. Buddies are in. Yeah. He said he's going to clear the swamp and he created the swamp. Yeah, that's the well, it's a, it's a deeper, darker swamp and not in a good way as if there is a good way. But yeah, Katie, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, what you're saying about Rick Perry giving contract government contracts, no bid contracts in, in most cases out to his pals. One of the other things that came out this week about the postmaster general is that before he was appointed to the post office, he was using his company to illegally oh have God. his employees oh contribute to the Republican Party and then be reimbursed in the form of bonuses. That's illegal. But, you know, it's when. It, well, oh, my yeah. God. In the it postal is, system. It is. It is so illegal. It is so clear-cut illegal. And I have to say, the thing that drives me the most insane about that, strangely, because the the, crimi- the, the criminal, you know, the crime, what am I trying to come up with? Crime. The crime <laughs> is bad enough. But then when he's testifying under oath, and they're saying, which, by the way, of course, he lied under oath, but this is the part that fucking chafes my, what do you have? What loins? Whatever. What yeah. is it? You know what I'm talking about. Chaps your, chaps ass, your hide. It shapes my ass. Chaps my ass. Like is that they're they're questioning him and saying like literally point blank. Did you have employees make political donations and then you reimburse them for it? And this is what the guy said. Oh, I am shocked and I'm disgusted that you would even ask that question. That's really what DeJoy fucking said. Mm-hmm. That that's that's what drives me insane about these people. Awful. Like not not only lie about it, but <gasps> I cannot believe you yeah. would say this. Clutch my I pearls. Am, I am offended. I am offended. 
I, yeah. I can't even, David, I can't even fucking That's like when, with these people. when your spouse says, have you been sleeping with somebody else? Like, I can't even believe you're going to ask me that question. I mean, it's the first yeah. defense of the guilty. Yeah. You know, everybody yeah. knows it. It's a non-denial yeah. denial. It's a non-denial denial. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You got to admit I mean, you have a problem before you can you can take care of it, whether it's in, in a personal relationship or in the government. One of my biggest worries is, you know, I'm I'm hoping Biden and Harris win the election. And we've talked about this on the show before. We certainly aren't the only ones to have discussed it. But that it is time for the Democrats to stop this. You know, in order to maintain order and keep the peace, we're we're not gonna, you know, arrest anyone. We're not no, that those days are behind us. You need punitive measures, if anything, to prevent this level of corruption from happening again. But my fear is that if everything goes well and that does start happening, that's just giving the folks on the right, you know, the, well, you guys always got upset when we said lock them up and, and now you guys are just locking our people up for no reason except political. It's like, Too bad. no, yeah. it's yeah. not political. Well, it's I mean, because they broke the law. It doesn't matter I mean, that yeah, they're promoting well, themselves they as the law and order the party. They yeah. are anything but the law and order party, which is why that's what their marketing goes to. They don't have to be law and order if you believe that they are. Well, it's just well, the know, Russia is right. a hoax. You have to, uh, you have to watch out. Benghazi. That's how that's how Clinton got in trouble because he tried to do the whole law and order thing, and he went too far. And next thing you know, we got three strikes, and you got mass incarceration. Yeah. And then everybody jumped into that because they didn't see it coming. They were, you know, black folks were saying, "Whoa, hey, he's a black president, and he's blah blah blah." No fucker, he's locking your ass up. And it was trying to, the whole crack thing, and they were throwing everybody in. Then there was a difference between white powder and crack cocaine, and you had all this problem. Right. I do believe in, you know, it needs to be reformed, and you do need police officers. But, you know, with this whole, uh, uh, with all the, mar- the protesting, you've got to catch the guys, because they brought in all these different groups who are hiding behind and who are actually are the one, you know, they've got all these different white groups that are setting the fires and trying to get them to blame Black Lives Matter. And it hasn't been Black Lives Matter. It's been a bunch of white dudes who just don't want you this to, to work right. Yeah, and, even uh, even, who, even with the feds. That, that, that they're, because that's a conservative talking part, that, that Antifa is starting the fires. Well, they've caught several of them, just like the kids. Well, but the, no, the majority, the majority of the people who've been arrested in protests, be it in Oregon, be it in Wisconsin, be it in Minnesota, New York, the, the people who have largely been arrested, looking at the actual numbers for committing crimes, and this is despite the fact that the federales went to Oregon to sweep up people off the streets for doing nothing, merely for being at protests, even with those numbers added in, the bulk of the arrests for violent activities were right wing 
agitators. They were the boogaloo yeah, boys. Yeah. They they were the the they proud are boys. Our biggest terrorist threat. It's, yeah, yeah, they are white supremacists. Are domestic terrorists. They are causing more of the problems. Looking at the numbers that are coming from this government. No, they aren't. That that I didn't read that report. That was <laughs> that didn't make it to anything. Well, you know what? You know what's crazy. Remember, Me. it used oh, to wait, be no, you had a guy with a hood, you know, riding on a horse to scare the shit out of you. Now, he doesn't even have a hood on. He's right smack dab in your face telling you yeah. what he's doing. He's not even hiding. She's not hiding. They're telling you, we are going to do it, and we're going to walk through your streets strapped with a rifle. And the cops are going to figure out now, now you know, they stopped the brother the other day. I don't know if you guys saw it. They strapped him and they said, well, you look like this guy that we are looking for. And the guy's out of, he's out for a job. Just more. Yeah. yeah. And they handcuffed him and everything. And then you got, you know, you got people running around with, with actual rifles strapped to their body. And they don't get handcuffed. They don't get questioned. They don't get, nothing happens to them. Can you imagine some brothers walking around like that? Gonna, I mean, this could yeah. be some shit. Time and what you were saying, what you were saying a while ago about Dylan Roof and Burger King, when you say yeah. that if you just do what they tell you, you wouldn't have been shot. That's what you call an impossible whopper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Katie, bringing it today. Bravo. Oh my God, you guys. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm telling you the air is making me insane. <laughs> <laughs> And 17 year old kid, like what's his name, Kyle Rickenbacker or whatever. You know? yep. <laughs> he, Good like, Rick. Gee, we all do stupid shit when we're so when we're 17, you know. <laughs> Which one of us hasn't taken a long rifle into a demonstration and killed two people? When well, Tamir I mean, the schools are the schools are closed. To, where where are these kids supposed to bring their rifles these days? You can't bring oh them to God, school. Dude. You you got to bring it to a demonstration or somewhere because how else is everyone going to know how mighty and powerful you are unless you're walking around with you know your your phallic symbol proudly displayed over your shoulder. I don't know. I mean, exactly, it's exactly David. School shootings are down this year. Laugh, cry <laughs> emoji. Thank Bye. you, thank you, Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> One upside of the pandemic, fewer school shootings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ah, good and they, times. Well, well, you know what? And during school shootings, right after them, gun sales go through the roof. Yeah. And gun sales are through the roof right now. Just yeah. through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. People are arming up. You know, I, I would be interested, and I'm, I'm guessing I already know, you know, what the numbers will tell us if the figures are available. But it would be interesting, you know, we've, we've seen throughout American history an increase in gun sales when we are in times of national strife, especially, you know, in the last couple mm -hmm. decades. I think it would be interesting to take those numbers and then add in a column with how many, you know, if we're seeing an increase in the number of people who are taking gun safety classes. Yeah. And I'm guessing <laughs> that would guessing that would no. be a big fat no, yeah. Uh, yeah. And and that's what, part of the problem. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, yes, I am. But, you know, I have moments of, of clarity. Uh, this may there be one of them. There you go messing up everything. I know. It's boring. Boring. My, my <laughs> fight against <laughs> ignorance. excuse from this conversation? <laughs> Can we have class outside today? <laughs> Actually, because of the air quality? No. No, we no. can't. No. Ah. As I said before this podcast started, here in Los Angeles, you can't go somewhere that's outside because the air is deadly, and you can't go somewhere that's inside yeah. because the virus is deadly, yeah. and we are in a bit of a pickle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 2020, a bit of a pickle. Boy. Boy, you know, I actually, really you should doing double duty though. Now I'm feeling really <laughs> good about my mask. Now we should I mean, literally, I, I put on my mask yesterday to go water my garden. Well, you it's, know? Yeah, yeah. Erica, it's like a hug for your face. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, you know, I, I have, uh, you know, a new roommate and, with the exception of now, because I'm talking into the mic and I'm going to, you know, lice all the fuck out of this place uh, when, we, when we wrap this show. But, uh, you know, since getting the potential diagnosis the other day, so I, I thought I was going nuts with the sanitizer before, you know, I've, I think I've cleaned all the doorknobs in the house, like at least 10 times in the last day. Uh, but yeah, I am now wearing a mask around the house uh, when I go outside, it, I mean, I was wearing one when I would leave the, the complex. I live in a, a small gated courtyard kind of thing. Uh, but now just if I go outside, if when I wake up anything where I'm not washing my face or putting food, beverages or things you smoke into my face, I'm covering it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what yeah. a time. What a time we live in. <laughs> what is it? What a world. What a world. Oh, my God. What a world. I'm melting. I'm melting. <laughs> fighting. Oh. Building a fighting force of extraordinary magnitude. Um, come out. Come out. It's okay. Come out. Come out. It's okay. Oh, come out. Boy. Come out wherever you are. And see <laughs> the young lady who fell from a star. Yeah. She and fell from a star. She fell very far. Wherever you are. The young lady who fell from a star. She fell from a star. She fell very far. And Kansas, oh, no. she says, is the name of the star. We represent the <laughs> And we are doing all this without helium, ladies and gentlemen. We are true professionals, Uh masters Uh of our craft. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think uh, now that uh, we are all represented by the Lollipop Guild, that is, uh, I guess, as close to a positive ending as we're going to get for the show this week. But uh, much like, you know, March comes in like a lamb, goes out like a lion, this episode started with Katie Massa Kennedy's birthday the day prior, let us end with greetings for Mr. Time and Ship's birthday, which is coming up this week. So a very happy oh, birthday to uh, you, happy sir. Birthday time. Happy birthday. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I will not, and as we know, I'm going to take, I'm going to yeah. be a uh, vacation week and I won't be here on the, the next one next Saturday. I'll just take it all off, letting the beard come Woo! in. Yeah. <laughs> 
Right on. Yeah, that's you know that's one of the things. I'm I'm certainly not really pissed off about this, but you know, being a guy, not having to shave is sort of a luxury. It's it's you know, I mean, yeah, it's nice to look nice, but sometimes like fuck it, you know, I'm gonna put a mask on it anyway. I don't need to look that great. I can grow my beard out. I I shaved my pandemic beard off. I got a haircut, all in anticipation of going to work next week. All for nothing. Can't believe it. What a waste. Well, I, you know, everybody <laughs> talks about never wearing hard pants again, but I'm never wearing a hard bra again in this <laughs> lifetime. All the underwires are going in the garbage. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know they had hard and soft bras. Oh, yes, they do. Yeah. Yeah, oh, sure. Wow, guys, they, we learn something new every day. Yeah, right. Some days, two things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, Ooh. since we're going out with, you know, the one to grow on, do, 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 do. I gave you a soft bra flash. <laughs> well, well my, my sixth grade teacher, Miss Valley, wore those missile bras. She could put her plate on top of it. They were so massive. She had massive. I, I, could, I remember her eating tuna fish off of her chest. She would sit on a plate. <laughs> And These are the youthful memories that fetishes are built on. Why she's doing it? Yeah. <laughs> so that's why. So I guess there were the hard bras. They were probably really hard back then. Wow. I always just figured the hard ones were the ones with like multiple hooks and difficult to get off. But that's, you know, it's that perspective. Hit. It's the perspective no. that you bring to the <laughs> issue. It, let's just say it'll never. Nothing will ever be the same if this ever ends. If it's ever over. But even when it does, even when it does well, end, it's we are not going back to the way things were. We'll not. be closer to it. But no, this this yeah. has been six months that have definitely altered the course of this country. I mean, if there is a God, I feel like. And I don't really believe that there is one, but just for the point, just for the exercise. I mean, this fire is like, he's really smacking us on the forehead at this point. You know, I mean, if we didn't get it with coronavirus, if we didn't understand what's at stake now, it's like we're literally choking on our own air. And it's like... We cannot go back to what it was. I mean, it is unsustainable. Go ahead and blame man for his arrogance. We're supposed to be stewards of the land. Yeah. Yes, climate change is real. Mm-hmm. The virus is real. If if man would do what they're supposed to do, I'm not, I'm not trying to be gender, but I'm just saying by this, you know, Humanity. you talk about God, and that's what the scripture. Man mm-hmm. was supposed to be a steward. Mm-hmm. We keep doing things that we're that we're what we should do. We don't do. Trump yeah. should have said something. Should have did something early, and we could have been on top of this thing, and we would have lost less people. We are a superpower, so we say. Mm-hmm. That's shrinking. I don't even know what we are now because now we're just made like a third world country. I, I know. Everybody's I know what we are. Fighting. I know what we are. David has the answer. We're totally fucked. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There we go. And on that happy note, uh, let's let's call it a week. Um, I want to thank you guys for being here. And I, of course, will keep everyone updated as to what's going on with my own health. I'm supposed to hear something today about 
the the contamination of the tests or potential yeah. or whatever. Please do let us know. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, for the meantime, I'm just gonna you know keep my face covered with cloth and sanitize anything I touch. So that'll keep me busy, but gives me something to do this week. Hopefully you guys have a great week. Hopefully you guys have more interesting things in the hopper. Katie Massa Kennedy, tell us a little bit about what you got going on or if you would like people to keep up with what you're doing, where they can find that information online or in person. Uh, David, no, I'm currently <laughs> just hiding and eating. <laughs> <laughs> Right on. Any any recipe tips? Any anything interesting? No, I can't cook, so that makes it even less more sad. No, well, there you go. On. We should really? we should talk after because I've got some easy recipes that I've come up with throughout this uh, pandemic and uh, good times. But okay. um, well, stay home, eat well. Thank you for being with us today. It is always <laughs> great to have you on the show. And oh, one of the other things last week. We, we had been talking and you suggested that I put a poll up on, on the Facebook page for the show to, uh, which I, I laughed, but I was going to do it. And I learned that Facebook now does not let pages put polls up. It ha you have to be a group, but, um, uh, we, we had, we were, we were talking about whether, the liberals would be better off by being laser focused on one of Trump's many foibles, or if we should just shotgun and look at everything he's done, you know, and, and I was going to phrase it as laser focus versus volume, volume, volume. So maybe, maybe I'll just put it up in the comments and, and ask people to weigh don't in Don't bother, there. David, at this point. I don't even remember what my point of view was. <laughs> uh. I forget. Well, that's all right. Well, thank you for being here, Katie. Look forward to having you back on again soon. Erica Schickel, always great to have you with us. Thank you so much for joining. Should you so desire, where can people keep up with what you've got going on uh, when your book is coming out, all that online yeah, or in person? Uh, I got, I got, I'm in edits, so not doing much publicly, but my book, The Big Hurt, will be released from Hachette Books in July 2021. Uh, if you want to find out more about me, my name is Erica with a K. Schickel, S-C-H-I-C-K-E-L, and you can find me at Schickety on Twitter or ericaschickel.com is my website, and uh, what news I have, I will share there. Right on. Well, thank you. Great to be with you. Thank you for sharing what you have with us today. It was it was wonderful and always great to see you. So, so thank Thanks you very you. much for being here. Mr. Time and Ship. Always a pleasure. Know you got the birthday week, the the taking it easy plan. Other than that, though, where can people catch up with what you got going on in person or online? Well, uh, it's time and ship at uh, Facebook, time and ship at Twitter, and time and ship at Instagram. You can get my book, My East St. Louis, uh, on Amazon, as well as you can get it on Google, too. Uh, but you can also get my comedy cd universal brother on itunes as well as uh spotify so yeah but i have i have been working on scripts so i have been writing stuff um just trying to turn different things into scripts and all that so yeah. right on well yeah and i'm making... turning into big five six big five six nice yeah welcome to the party nice yeah. 
I I hope to be there someday myself. We'll we'll see how this week goes and just take it from there. Thank you again, uh, time and thanks again to Erica and Katie. Me, I'm Dr. David Robinson. You can find me on the Facebook as Dr. David Robinson. On the Twitter, I am at Stand Up Fall Down. If you've made it this far into the show, you probably already know, but it bears repeating that we are on the socials on Facebook, all spelled out. We are Let's Be Treasonable. And on the Twitter, we are at L-E-T-S. B-T-R-E-A-S-O-N-A-B-L. We take off the E's and pass the savings on to you, the listener. Speaking of you, the listener, want to thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, tell everyone you know, rate and review us on the platform where you're listening, even on the platforms where you're not listening. We don't mind. We actually think it's pretty cool. If you didn't like what you heard, well, thanks for listening anyway. Keep it to yourself. You don't tell anyone. We won't tell anyone. Everybody's happy. We will be back next week in some form or another. Hopefully you will too in whichever form you choose. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.